to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Christmas, you know, there, there are so many things going on at Christmas, right? You know, you have uh, the things on the street. You have, like, lights, decoration. You have Santa. You know, I don't know whether how many of the kids actually believe in Santa, you know, it's kind of hard for Santa to climb down a chimney in Singapore. Probably take the stairs or the, <laughs> the elevator. And so you have all these different things in Christmas, right? You know, you have, uh, you know, different festivals, markets and stuff like that. And the, the thing is that it's really easy for us to lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Amen? It's really easy for us to lose sight of what Christmas actually is. You know, Christmas is the day where everything changed for humanity. It's the day where everything changed. You know, me and Amy, we were, we were in uh, New York City for our honeymoon. And, uh, you know, it, it was a sob- sobering um, visit. We went to uh, the 9-11 Museum. You know, we were there and uh, we saw the memorial. We saw the different uh, exhibits and things they had there. And it was a really, really somber and sobering moment because we realized that that day changed human history forever. And no, you will remember that day every time you enter an airport and pass through screening and will take out your little bottles of liquid. You remember that day because that was the day that set all the precedents for stuff that we experience in airports today. It changed foreign policy. It changed so many things for humanity. That day defined so many of the things that we do today. But likewise, the birth of Christ, the birth of Christ changed everything for humanity. You know, I, I remember this verse in, in the Bible. Uh, it's in First Kings and uh, it's the story of Elijah. And it's a really interesting story. It goes, um, there was a mighty wind in that day, but God was not in the wind. And then there was a mighty earthquake and God was not in the earthquake. And then a fire and God was not in the fire. Earth, wind and fire, man. That's, the, that's where they got the name from. It's not in the earth, it's not a wind, it's not a fire. Do you remember? And it was not there. But catch this, it says this. It says that God was in the whisper. How many of you thought, thought, thought about that, that story? You know, why was God in the whisper? I want to put it to you that God was in the whisper because God is close. You can only hear the whisper when someone is close to you. Amen? In the days of old, before Jesus came to the scene, God was in temples, He was in in a tent, He was far off, inaccessible to humanity. But when Christ came to the scene, when Jesus came as a baby boy on that first Christmas day, He made it known to you and me that He is close and He is now accessible. That day changed, changed humanity's interaction with the Lord. The Lord is no longer someone far off, inaccessible. But the Lord has now come close. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And that is what Christmas is about. Beyond the gifts, beyond uh, the carols, beyond the lights and, and the decoration, Christmas is about the day when God came close to mankind. When God was made accessible once again. That's Christmas, come on. That's Christmas. And you know, I, I started a tradition with Amy. You know, we only started it yesterday. But uh, you know, I, it's a tradition now. <laughs> uh, it is. Um, 
I, I have this fantasy and I've always had this fantasy growing up. You know, I shared it before that I've always dreamt of sitting in a leather armchair with like a carpet and hopefully a golden retriever and my kids sitting on the floor and it's like, Papa, tell me the Christmas story and then we have a, a we have a a fireplace in Singapore. I know it'll work. We have a fireplace and I was like, let me tell you the Christmas story. And I have the Bible there and I was like, let me read to you the, the story of the Messiah's birth. And so we, we started something like that yesterday. You know, we didn't have a fireplace so we bought a $2.50 Ikea candle and we just put it there and it works. We'll, we'll get better. We'll go from glory to glory. And, and so we were reading the Christmas story yesterday and it, it was such a, a moving and a sobering moment because it, we, in that moment we realigned, you know, we were out buying gifts, we were doing all sorts of Christmassy stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is what it's about. It's about the day where God came to earth, a baby boy, vulnerable, and he became Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, you're not my children, and we don't have a fireplace, but I would like to read you the Christmas story. Can I do that? Yes? And today, I'm reading from one of my favorite translations of the Bible is called the Passion Translation. Passion Translation. That sounds so good. All right? Can we have the verses up? So are you ready? Snuggled up in your blanket and stuff like that? Yes. Let me read to you the Christmas story this morning. It goes like this. During those days, the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiancée Mary left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough, since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Do not be afraid. For I have come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. Come on, that's good news. Amen. For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize Him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding throne. Then all at once... A vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Come on, let me say that again. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Of men, you know, mathematicians uh, did uh, a bit of study, and they they came up with a number. You know, in order for Jesus to fulfill eight 
of the many, many prophecies that were spoken over his birth, the odds were 1 is to 10 to the power of 28. That's 10 plus 28, 000, uh, 28 zeros. It's easier for you and I to become president than for Jesus to accomplish eight of those prophetic words. It's easier for us to get struck by lightning on our way out than for Jesus to accomplish eight of those prophetic words. And that story of, of Jesus' miraculous birth was, was of course, sort of miraculous in and of itself because it came from a virgin, but it was miraculous because of the amount of odds He had to overcome that first Christmas morning. I like to zoom in on, on a word. It says this, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. The title of my message this morning is this, The Promised Peace. The Promised Peace. And this morning, I'm going to talk about three dimensions, three aspects of peace that Jesus came to establish for you and me. Three dimensions of peace. It's the best three-piece meal you're ever going to have. You're ever going to have. KFC has nothing on this. It's three piece. <laughs> three piece meal. That came off the cuff. And the first piece that, that God came to establish was this. He came to bring peace with himself. Peace with God. Peace with God. The Bible says this in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he gave his son. I put it to you that a bell is not a bell unless it's rung. A song is not a song unless it's sung. And love is not love unless it's given. Christmas is the day where the love of God was made known to men. When it was given for you and me. When it was proven through the coming of the Messiah God. And that Christmas morning. What's the purpose of God, of God sending His Son? It says this in the Bible that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God loves you, but He hates sin. You know, and that is a, a concept that some find it difficult to understand. How can God love me, but hate the sin that I'm partaking in? You know, if I put it into perspective, you know, think of a loved one that, that, uh, that you, know, you could hypothetically have that is plagued by cancer. The measure to which you hate the cancer is linked to the measure to which you love the person. The opposite of love it's not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Because God loves you, He hates that which destroys you. Am I making sense? And so, He sent His Son, the one and only answer, the one and only remedy to the sin problem. You know, how many of you have made mistakes and have tried in your own way to atone for your mistakes? We've all done that, right? You make mistakes, you buy chocolates. You make mistakes, you buy flowers. You know, you make mistakes, you buy jewelry, yes? You know, you do, you do all sorts of things. I remember when I was a young boy, you know, I made a bunch of mistakes in my house and my parents was like, what do you want, what do you want us to do with you, Andre? I said, you should send me to boys' home. The gutsy 10-year-old that I am. Because, you know, in all of us, you know, is this desire to atone? Is this desire to make amends? Is this desire to get ourselves, is ourselves out of that situation? Is this desire to make ourselves feel better for making mistakes? But how many of you know that no matter how much you do, no matter how much works you put into it, you cannot get yourself out of the sin problem? The Bible says that we are only saved by grace, His grace, through faith in God. And because God so loved you, he so desires for you to be at peace with Him. 
He sent His Son to pay for your sins. He has given us peace with Him. I'd like to read a verse from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. It says this, But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by His wonderful grace. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of His grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful for that? How many of you are thankful for that? Yes, the limitless riches is kindness and grace. Amen. The second peace that He came to bring, He came to bring peace to your soul. Peace in my soul. Everyone on planet Earth is on a search for peace. It can look differently for different people. You know, you, it can look like a, a, a really vigorous career pursuit. You know, I need to do well in my career. I need to make a certain amount of money in order for me to be at peace. It can look differently, but everyone is on the search for peace. And Jesus promises that peace in His coming. He promises a peace that transcends human understanding. Oftentimes you think peace only comes when there is an absence of conflict, when everything is all worked out. But Jesus promises a peace that will stand true, that will remain even in the midst of conflict, even in the midst of negative situation. I put it to you that is an unattainable endeavor for you to have everything worked out in your life before, and, and to attain that peace. If the pursuit of your life is to have everything worked out in order for you to be at peace, I put it to you that it is an unattainable endeavor. But Jesus promises a peace that you and I can't attain on our own. He promises a peace that comes from Him and it's a peace that stands even in the midst of the storm. A peace that causes you to be well in your soul. No more anxiety. No more fear. Now I remember when I was 10 years old, you know, I was struggling with suicidal thoughts. You know, every day, you know, I would think, you know, maybe I should end my life, you know. And I remember... Um, uh, a teacher, you know, came up to me and was like, Andre, I want to pray for you. I was like, I've never been prayed for in my life. And so she started praying for me. And what I felt in the moments was I felt as though there were invisible weights that have been carrying upon my shoulders my whole life. And I felt these weights dropped off in a moment. And I started weeping. I started crying. And all of a sudden, you know, that, that suicidal thought, those anxieties, those fears, it all went away in an instant. And that's the kind of peace that Jesus promises to you. That if you were to accept Him, everything changes for you. There's no more fear, no more anxiety. You know, I remember going to a chiropractor, you know, once and, and a chiropractor did his stuff and went, Krap! and all of a sudden I was like, ooh, I never knew I could have that kind of mobility. You know, I never knew like, it's like, oh, wow. You mean I've been in pain all oh, while? Wow. Because, you know, I've been in that, you know, tension for so long that I've grown accustomed to pain, to discomfort. That pain and discomfort, anxiety was my normal. But Jesus promises a peace that will rid even the things that you have grown accustomed to. He takes it away in an instant. He promises peace to your soul. Amen? I love it. Let's read that verse. 
Let's put it up. It says this in Philippians. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Next slide. And God's peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount God over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He promises you that peace. Anxiety and fear has no place in God. And the last peace He came to establish through His coming is peace on earth. He came to bring peace on earth. We are, we are no strangers to the darkness that surrounds our planet, even in this moment. You know, I, I talk about visiting the 9-11 memorial and, you know, when you are, you know, in proximity to all these things, you know, and you see people uh, who have uh, relatives, you know, who actually perished in that tragic, tragic day, you know, it, it brings to mind the level of evil and darkness in the world today. But Jesus promises that in His coming, He will bring about peace on earth. You know, it's interesting that uh, most Christians think that Jesus was born on the 25th of December, you know, 180. You know, they, they think that Jesus was born on this very day. You know, scholars, you know, they've done tons of research and nobody can figure out when Jesus was born. Some say it was in the springtime. Some say, you know, it's another day. But most people can't land the actual day when Jesus was born. And so it brings to mind the question, why do we celebrate the birth of Christ on the 25th of December? It actually originates from this festival that uh, people celebrated even before Jesus came on the scene. And the 25th of December was traditionally known as the winter solstice. And it's the day, okay, in which there was the longest night. Okay, it was the longest night, you know, uh, in a 24-hour period of the entire year. And what they will celebrate is that they will celebrate the rising sun that comes up after that long, long dark night. And they call it the festival of the unconquered sun. Why do we celebrate the birth of the Messiah on the 25th of December? Because no matter how dark a situation, no matter how long the night, no matter how dire a circumstance, no matter how negative the report is, the sun shall not be conquered. He shall rise again. He shall come again. And we celebrate this day because light came in the midst of darkness. Light came to the people of Israel in the midst of their oppression, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their circumstance. The light of God came in the form of a baby boy. Jesus Christ came that first Christmas day. You know, this period of Christmas, uh, the week singing up Christmas is traditionally known as the Advent. How many of you have heard the word Advent before? And Advent comes from this word that, that means coming, that means visiting. We celebrate the first Advent. We celebrate the day where Christ showed up to the scene, where Christ came to the planet to bring light in the midst of darkness. And on this Christmas day, we remember that Christ is coming back again. That there is a second Advent that no matter how dark the situation of the world is, no matter how much evil we see in the world today, no matter how long the night is, our Messiah is coming back once again to establish peace on earth. And the peace, this blessed assurance that we have, 
It is not based on the pros and cons list. It's not based on how we expect things to work out. But this peace is based on the fact that our Messiah is alive. He's seated on the throne of God and He's coming back once again. We do not worship a dead Savior. We worship He who is alive, risen, reigning forevermore. Come on, that's good news, yeah? It's a little golf clap, but come on. He's coming back once again. You know, Christmas, you know, is not about gifts under a tree, but it's about the greatest gift given to mankind that hung on the tree for you and me. Christ, you know, came as a baby boy, but he'll grow up to a man and one day he would go on the cross for you and me, beaten, bruised, shamed, killed. His blood flowed to cleanse us from sin, to establish this peace that I talked to you about. And a cross is such a gruesome image, you know, it's a form of execution. It's dark, it's evil. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, today the cross becomes a symbol of beauty. It's a symbol of adoration. We, some of us even wear it around our necks. What am I saying? I'm saying no matter how dark, how ugly your situation is, you can have perfect peace and perfect hope because He's able to make even the most ugly of situations into something of beauty, into something of worth. And that's what we're celebrating this morning on Christmas Day. We're celebrating a Messiah who came into the midst of darkness, grew up on the earth, bear the cross for you and me. He was bound so that we may be set free. He was poor so that we may be rich. He died so that we may live. And that is what Christmas is about. Amen. Come on, let's give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so this is what we're going to do now. You know, I, I have a video for you. And this video is a, a modern day telling of the Christmas story. It's about five minutes long. It's, uh, it'll give you a bit of, um, I, I believe it'll speak to you. It will, it will really meet you right where you're at. And after the video is done, we're going to proceed with the lighting of the candles. Amen. How many of you are excited for that? Yes, I think it's going to be good. So can we have the video up and uh, we'll light the candles right after. Thank you.
Merry Christmas. What's the point? It all started with a girl. She found out she was going to have a baby. A very special baby. Mary. Yes? You've been chosen. You'll have a child. A very special child. I don't understand. In time, you will. Was she scared? Scared and excited. But she's supposed to marry a boy. She told him the news. Joseph. You will take Mary to be your wife. understood what happened to them they had a long way to go when they needed help most women See him? 
to give. He came to give to you. That's the point. This moment, can I ask you to reach down under your seats and grab your candle? If you don't have one, just raise your hands and the ushers will be there to help you. But you can grab your candle and uh, if your cup is not on there steady, just put it back on and uh, just uh, sque- squeeze it a bit so it's not too flat. Awesome, we all got our candles, yes? Awesome. Well, you know, what, what we're about to do in this moment, it's, uh, it's not a... a uh, know a quite religious act but it's it's a act to which we commemorate how the light of God met us in the midst of our darkness amen you know we we all know that we've been through a certain measure of darkness in life you know be it a negative situation be it a circumstance or the Bible describes a kind of darkness you know that you know isn't apparent to some but it's the darkness of our sin it's the darkness of how we were trapped in our trespasses against God, how we were trapped in our wrongdoing at one point in time. And the light of the world, the light of God met us in the midst of our darkness. You know, at the start of service, the MCs uh, uh, had a slide up and asked for that slide to be put up again. The Bible says that we were caught out of darkness into His glorious light. Once we were bound, now we are free. And so, you know, even in this posture of remembering on this Christmas Day, I want you to ponder on this uh, phrase for a moment. It goes, I was. What were you trapped in? What were you bound in? What were you lost in? But because of Jesus, I am now saved. I am now free. And just take a moment, close your eyes. You know, and just think on that. Or perhaps some of you are in the midst of darkness right now, some of you might not have a story. But can I tell you that the light of the world is accessible, available for you today because it came that first Christmas day. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And so let's just take next 30 seconds. I want you to ponder on this phrase before we commence with the lighting of candles. Just think about that.